listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My new book, Profit First for Therapists, is available at most online retailers. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, or ebook as well. Go check it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Uh, today is one of our quarterly recap episodes, and we are talking with the one and only Jackie Kiefer. Um, Jackie is one of the accounting managers at Green Oak Accounting, which is my accounting firm. And so at the end of each quarter, she's meeting with lots and lots of um, clients from her with her team. And I just find it's really interesting to see what's on practice owners' minds, what's kind of topical for this uh, season. And a little fun fact, our uh, second quarter recap episode is one of the most downloaded podcast episodes ever on Therapy for Your Money. So way to go, Jackie. No pressure, right? No pressure. <laughs> right. None, none at all. None <laughs> at all. Well, hi, Jackie. Welcome. Hi. It's good to, <laughs> good to have you on. Um, so let's dive right in. What have you noticed that's new as you went through your uh, third quarter meetings uh, in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, I'm happy to be here as always. <laughs> um, the, one of the biggest things that I feel like every single practice owner has, you know, commented on over this last quarter was that things are feeling very slow, um, kind of mm -hmm. through the second and into the third quarter. Um, and obviously now we're in the fourth quarter, but still it, it's just, it, a lot of people have been feeling very uneasy about the lack of referrals, just the cost of everything, um, you know, and it's been, it's one of those things where we can only go by what has happened in the past. Like if we're fortune tellers, I mean, we can tell you exactly what's going to happen in the next three months, months, we would be doing great. <laughs> but, I wish we were, I wish we had yeah. that power. I <laughs> yeah. do not. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, this year has felt a lot more like the pre-COVID, you know, just slumps and and booms in the year and normally we see people kind of come back into the routine august when the kids go back to school things like that and this year some practices saw that but most of them didn't and yeah. so with the referrals being down you know everybody's going back to school a lot of people got sick there was a lot of no-shows cancellations um, that happened, but the biggest thing is just referrals are down and they were through September, August, September. Um, and so it's one of those things where we always advise you to try to do an audit of your business expenses and your personal expenses also to try to really make sure that going into the next couple of months where, you know, we normally see the, the holiday slump, you know, through Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, all the holidays. New Year's into January, especially with um, insurance practices, just really try to be as conservative as possible with your spending and be very intentional. And if something is not serving your practice well right now, 
then I feel like, you know, it's a good idea to cut it. And we've been giving um, that advice over the last, you know, last quarter meetings, you know, people are worried. It's just, you know, you can't go to the store anymore without spending so much just on groceries. So patients are feeling that same thing. And so, you know, make sure that you're keeping everything as, as tight as possible with the overhead expenses, you know, things like advertising, you know, utilities, phone, all of that. Some of that stuff is fixed, but some of that, you know, office supply expense, um, things like that, that could be very, uh, yeah, that could be monitored to be, you know, a little less if you need it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good time of year to to do that and just pull out the, the bank statement or the credit card statement and look at it. That's actually an exercise that we're going through right now where the person who handles all of our software is just reaching out to all the software companies and saying, hey, is there a better deal? Software or utilities, right? So like internet provider, uh, our phone provider is, you know, is there a way to get a better deal? And sometimes the answer is going to be no, but often it actually is yes. So even even just renegotiating the existing um, agreements can be a way to to reduce expenses, even if you still want to continue using uh, using the, the service too. Um, what's going on for private pay practices with, uh, still so much talk of inflation? I've seen the referrals and the people coming in, they have almost been hit a little harder, um, just Mm. because it is, you know, kind of that first thing to go when you're trying to decide on whether to put food on the table or do something else, you know? And so private pay practices have been hit a little bit harder. Um, practices that have more of a niche, they are doing a little bit better from what I've seen, you know, because that isn't as, you know, a general practice that just has all of the, you know, that is very, that they're being hit more. Um, But really, yeah. And if there's a a really strong specialty, I feel like I've been seeing less impact on those practices, but generally, you know, what we don't normally see private practices go down, it's just, private pay is having kind of a difficult time right now from what we've seen. Okay. And and how niche is, is niche enough to not see a, a downturn? I feel like if your whole entire practice is centered around trauma or family or something that's very specific, okay, they're doing like, a little bit better. So if you have a group of clinicians that are, you know, four or five people and maybe one has a specialty, that's not really okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's like the whole practice is focused so on one specialty. Whole yeah. practice, like eating disorders, OCD, right. like something really, really specific. Yeah. Then they're not seeing as big of a a shift. Yep. Um, are they still talking about raising their rates uh, in the new year? Um. Yeah, I feel like, yes, um, I've had okay. a lot of people that are. Um, a lot of people are also trying to get the insurance companies to raise their rates Just as well. Out. So that's one of those things like, you know, you raise your rates, but you also need to, for the insurance practices, you need to fight for those raises as well. Um, and it's good to do that every year. Um, pick a time during the year and just focus on that. Have your biller or admin really uh, work at raising those for you too. Okay. So speaking of insurance rates, I feel like you got a lot of really strong intel on what's going on kind of in the, the undercurrent of mm-hmm. uh, of insurance. So tell me what you've learned. Yeah. So 
as we are all aware, it's very difficult to deal with insurance companies, no matter yeah. what you're trying to get, whether it's clarity on how you should bill something, what, you know, all of that denials not being pushed through credentially, it just has been taking a really long time. So you are not alone <laughs> if it's taken a while to get claims. One of the biggest things as far as receiving money from the insurance companies is really having somebody in place, a dedicated biller or billing company outside your practice that is going to be a bulldog and just keep on them. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of practices kind of go from the struggle to doing a little bit better once they get somebody like that in place. That's really, really helpful. Um, another thing, though, that we've been noticing is, uh, you know, apps like BetterHelp, that kind of thing. Um, they We are getting some feedback that they're getting raises from certain insurance companies when the private practices are not. Um, and insurance is pushing patients to these types of apps because they can pay less. Um, and so if also with credentialing. So, you know, this is blowing, your, blowing yeah. my mind. Okay. So <laughs> let, let, hold on. Yeah. let's slow down and unpack a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, insurance companies are pushing clients to clients or practitioners to the apps. Yeah. Both in both, both. scenarios. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm a, if I'm a, a client, I'm looking for a therapist, I'm calling my insurance company and they're saying, oh, you should go to better help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mind and, is blown right now. Yeah. And they're telling these people, oh yeah, they'll, you know, you can message your therapist anytime. Like it's, they're there. Um, that worries me greatly just because, you know, as we know, you know, we try to really make sure that the, you know, the, the, load that each clinician that, you know, a practice has is not going to lead them to burnout and to more, you know, more stress and more thing. And a lot of times the therapists are required to see 40 plus patients a week. Um, and then with a better help or one of those. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, and then also if you're, you know, we know hiring has been difficult, but you know, better help apps like that are also pushing that, you know, we can get you credentialed and within days and weeks versus the length of time that it sometimes can take if you're doing it the traditional way, if you're doing it on your own or through a private practice group or something like that. So there's a lot of ways that this is kind of, it's almost taking the industry out of the knees a little bit. Um, yeah. Where, yeah, it's like contrary to everything that we feel like is a healthy way to run a sustainable practice, really. Jackie, I feel like I need to pull out my soapbox and climb up on it because, um, yeah. I mean, just just the disparity, right, of saying like, oh, BetterHelp will get you credentialed in days, right? If I'm thinking of someone who is starting their own private practice and how enticing that can be, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to figure out this really complicated thing on my own, or I can go work for a large tech company and they're going to do all the heavy lifting for me mm -hmm. and how enticing that can be to be, you know, self-employed out on your own, which, you know, technically you're working, technically you're working for them, but just how much that has the power to, to shift and shape the industry in, in the next couple of years, like how dangerous that movement can be in the next couple of years where all of a sudden you're, it's either, um, smaller and smaller or, or less private practices and these big giant tech companies holding all the cards, that's mm -hmm. a pretty slippery slope that we're going down right now. 
Yeah. And I can only imagine, you know, looking at kind of the quality of care in some of those instances, if you're not building that relationship with your, with your therapist, um, it, yeah. Slippery slope is a good way to put that. It feels dangerous for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the expectation that you're answering text messages all the time Mm -hmm. is just so counterintuitive to, um, having strong boundaries and taking care of yourself as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I ju- that just feels a little bit unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. What else are you hearing? Um, you know, looking through all of the, all of the notes that I've taken throughout this quarter, I feel like people are still, you know, struggling a little bit. It's, you know, my advice is really just to try to identify how to be as intentional as possible throughout the next several months um, and really, really identify what serves your practice um, as far as that goes. Um, And so then, you know, kind of what we're looking at our clients for this time of year is trying to be that intentional. But then also there's some things at the end of the year that we have to be mindful of too, Um, So if you're looking at bonuses and cash gifts, gift cards, those things need to be run through payroll, Um, you know, tell me why. Yeah, because they're taxable. They are taxable events for payroll. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, so um, if you, you know, if you want to give a cash gift or a bonus, um, absolutely, you know, don't just pull cash out and hand it to them. Like you need to run that through payroll. Yeah. Um, So it's on their W-2s and it's taxed appropriately and recorded appropriately for both you and your and your yeah. staff. The IRS yeah. is very clear on that. There is no yes. there is no gray. It's black and white. If you're giving cash, it's taxable to the employee. Mm-hmm. It has to be run through payroll. But the, every single year we see this happen where there's, oh, there's a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars pulled out in cash. Wait, wait, client, what's going on? Oh, I gave my team member gifts every every single year so it has to be recorded through payroll it's way 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 easier to do before the end of the year than trying to fix it after the end of the year so if you're thinking of doing that tell your accountant pretty pretty please please tell them (laughs) so they can help you record it properly yes absolutely um and then also one of the things is you know a lot of people try to take time off uh, with pto or unpaid but biggest deal is pto through you know the holiday season so Really try to manage that and not let, you know, your entire staff take off weeks at a time in November, December, um, because you are going to be paying them out for that PTO with no revenue coming in. And that can make a difficult couple of months even more difficult, Mm -hmm. um, especially since we typically see a downturn in in sessions anyway. So just be mindful of that to where you're not, you're kind of making sure that everybody has yeah. Uh, a set time that they know that they can take off. Um, but yeah, just manage that a little and bit more than just letting everybody go. <laughs> it's not an easy one too, right? Because it feels very personal to to say like, oh no, you actually can't go on vacation. And that's why it. I think it is a really good idea. Anytime you're adding a pay time off policy, it's a good time to talk to your employment attorney, maybe talk to your HR consultant and write some policies into your handbook around that, right? Or so that you have the right to say only this many people can be gone at the same time, or so that you have parameters that you can work with and kind of point people back to the handbook. Um, But it, you know, doing things incorrectly at the end of the year truly can bring a practice to its knees, 
Um, it can it it can put a practice uh, close to death's door if it's done incorrectly. If everyone is out for two weeks, they're getting paid out, money is not coming in. Unless you have a, a ton of cash saved up for something like that, it's just not possible. Unfortunately, you can't you typically can't let everyone uh, be gone for that period of time, and so then you have to prioritize. Right. That is a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then the last thing, um, kind of just keeping in mind uh, lots of new mandatory sick time off requirements for various states um, and just, you know, double check what those rules are um, for your particular location. Um, it, it's something that is changing, you know, throughout the year and starting of the new year, all of that. So just keep in mind that there could be some changing requirements in the new year um, based on where you are. Yeah. And and that's not something that's at the federal level uh, because there's no mandatory sick time at the federal level, but each state has its own rules, sometimes each county, each mm -hmm. city, um, and whichever one is most beneficial to the team member is, is typically what you have to go to go to. So if the city has the most beneficial um a policy, then that's what you would have to follow. Uh, but a lot of those kick in on January 1. So it's just a good idea to take a look what's coming up. What is the requirement? How does it happen? Right. Is it, uh, for example, three days of sick leave that they get on January 1 and they can use all at once on January 1? Does it accrue? Like, how are these things going to um, going to work? Is it at their clinical rate? Is it at the admin rate? Right. There's just so many little intricacies um, and although that that feels sometimes like it, oh, an accountant would be able to do that, we can absolutely help you set it up in your payroll system. But an accountant typically is not um, at the forefront of employment law, right? That's kind of a different specialty. So either you're um, uh, SHRM, SHRM uh, certified HR professional, your employment attorney, they would be the ones to kind of keep the pulse of what are the new laws, what's coming up. Um, Although we use Gusto very, very heavily, and typically they will give you a heads up if something is coming up in a state in which you are registered, um, and that's incredibly helpful. But I think that can be the cannot be the only place that you get your information too, right? right? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Jackie, we covered so much. Um, I, I I climbed on my soap soapbox. My mind was blown. Uh, what as we. As we head into the end of the year, what's something that you want to leave our, our listeners with? Yeah, it really is the more you can identify what is serving your practice and what is not um, and getting rid of the fluff that is not. <laughs> if there is anything, um, the better off you are going to be when faced with an unexpected event. So if you're you know, having more referral slump than normal, just make sure that you, you know, try to keep your savings up as much as you can. Um, and even into the new year, as things do pick up again, make sure you put aside that little nest egg for yourself and your practice so that when stuff like this can happen that we're not expecting, um, you do have that cash buffer that so you won't be as stressed and as worried yeah. about your cash flow. It is, may not always cover it completely, but it's going to help in the long run just because there is something there that's put aside mm -hmm. that wasn't mm -hmm. put aside before. So that is, that's my advice is just really make sure that you're being intentional about everything and, you know, 
really trying to plan for those uncertainties. It'll it'll help in the long run. Um, follow up question to that: What do you find is a good um, cash reserve for practice? Good cash reserve is normally two to three months worth of your expenses. Um, yeah. So that sometimes can feel like a very large number, yeah. but it can be a goal that you have in your mind. At least you have a goal that you're working toward. Yeah. Something's always better than nothing, but yes. yeah, a yeah. couple of months sure does make a big difference if uh, or when something, something happens. Mm -hmm. Jackie. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to chatting again um, after the beginning of the year. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. I really always enjoy having one of the Green Oak team members on uh, an episode with me. Jackie is just one of the many amazing accounting managers we have over at Green Oak Accounting. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation and you'd like to have this type of conversation with your accountant on a regular basis, uh, do check us out. We always offer a free consultation. Uh, you can go to greenoakaccounting.com slash consultation uh, to schedule a consultation and see if we might be a good fit for you and your practice. It's always low pressure, informative, and uh, and easy. There's a no judgment zone. Uh, so don't hesitate to go schedule something. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.